So if you have been with us, you know that I have been working my way through the Sermon on the Mount, the longest teaching discourse in the Gospels from Jesus. And today we are in Matthew chapter 6. We're towards the end of the sermon now. And I invite you to read along on the screens or you can read on your own Bible. Matthew chapter 6 beginning in 25. I'm going to read nine verses. Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather barns into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you worrying add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the ovens, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? For it's the Gentiles who strive for these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. So we have plowed our way through the Sermon on the Mount. We have talked about loving our enemies and forgiveness and not making a show of our faith. And we have talked about the upside-down kingdom of God where Jesus says the hungry and the poor and the persecuted and the hated and despised and those who mourn are blessed in the kingdom. And today, towards the end... Jesus tells us not to worry. Therefore, do not worry about your life. Anyone find that a little challenging these days? I mean, let's face it, not worrying is pretty hard not to do on a typical year in our lives, especially right now through a global pandemic. Not worrying. We worry. Here we are still facing a a pandemic virus affecting our world, so much suffering and death and loss, we worry. There's so much uncertainty right now, and all of us are facing unique challenges. Every single one of us are facing unique challenges through this time. There's economic realities, there's challenges at the prospect of returning to school next month. There's a national election season going on. There's conversations about uh, racial inequities and protests. Worry might seem like your new favorite sport. (laughs) Worry. We have real worries. We have parents we haven't been able to hug in months because of covid We have friends and family and loved ones who've been sick or even lost someone they love to this virus. We have bills that we can't pay. We have grandchildren struggling through school, addictions that consume. We worry. 
We have worries, Jesus. We do. Before you wave the white flag on this and just say, look, I'm going to work on this one next year and forget about it right now, please try to hear me out this morning because I happen to think one of my own learnings as I've preached through this Sermon on the Mount is that I realize as Jesus talks about loving our enemies and forgiveness and blessing those who curse us and not making a show of our faith about what everybody else thinks. Through all of these things, he tells us these things not for someone else's benefit, but for our own benefit, for our own freedom to live free of hate and greed and selfishness and grudges It's our own freedom. The story of the gospel to shape your life like Jesus is a story of freedom. And so when Jesus tells us not to worry, it is for our own freedom too. He happens to use the word worry, merimano in Greek here as it's translated. Six times in ten verses he says the word Worry, And that word in Greek actually means to be split apart and divided, which is funny because in verse 24, just before this passage, Jesus actually says, you cannot serve two masters. You can't serve God and wealth. And now he talks about worry and uses this word that is, means to be split apart and divided. And that's what worry does. It takes us away from today. It's all about the what-ifs tomorrow, what could happen, what might happen, all the unknowns we can't control. And worry just steals today. All those necessities he mentions, food, drink, clothing, he says, Jesus, God knows that you need these things. God knows But do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring troubles of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Now this week I read something that has really stayed with me about how I think about this whole pandemic time. I actually read a quote, an interview from James Stockdale. He um, was the admiral of the United States Navy, and he spent seven and a half years as a prisoner of war in uh, North Vietnam. He was actually imprisoned with Senator John McCain and what people call the Hanoi Hilton. Seven and a half years he spent imprisoned and and was... um, spent a lot of, they, I can't think of the word, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the word. They hurt him, they terribly hurt him, and he suffered a lot through that seven and a half years. But he was given an interview, and someone asked him, during his time there, which which of his fellow prisoners struggled the most to survive? And this is how he answered that question. Stockdale says, oh, that's easy. The optimists, they were the ones who said, we're going to be out by Christmas, and Christmas would come, and Christmas would go. And then they'd say, we're going to be out by Easter, and Easter would come, and Easter would go. And then Thanksgiving, and then it would be Christmas again, and they eventually died of a broken heart. And when I read that, I realized 
that that is a lot of the ways I've been handling this pandemic in my own mind. I don't know about you all, but I keep hanging my hat on this next great thing. For me, at first it was, with regarding to church, at first it was, okay, by Easter, by Easter this will all be over, and Easter will be amazing, it's going to be great. And then Easter passed, and I was like, okay, it's going to be by summer. We have all these plans. We got youth mission trip, we got Elizabeth coming, we got vacation Bible school, we got all this stuff. And then summer, it was like, okay, by school, by school, Lord, by school time, this is all going to be in the rearview mirror. And I realized that I keep putting something out there. I even find myself sometimes thinking about um, things like, what's going to be the song that we're all going to sing in here together at the top of our lungs? What song should that be? How Great Thou Art, Amazing Grace. I just want to think about those things. But people have actually written about what Admiral Stockdale did to survive psychologically, and they actually call it the Stockdale Paradox. And it's the ability to hold two opposing truths together at the same time. The way he said it is, you have to have faith that you will prevail in the end, and at the same time, you must confront the brutal facts of your current reality. In other words, trust in the future, but stay in the present. You can't go all Pollyanna on this and just pretend it's not happening around you and hang your hat on your well-being and contentment on something that's tomorrow. You know, maybe like me, I have have some friends that I always feel like for them, everything is always, the grass is always greener on the other side. They're never fully satisfied. If If they have a different job, then they'd be happy. They're never quite satisfied with the schools their their kids are in. If the house was just nicer and more updated or cleaner or they need a new car or the next grade of vacation, everything for them is always something else. Once they get that, then they'll be happy and then they'll be content, but they never are because contentment is always something outside of them. And I think one of the wonderful, amazing things about what Jesus offers here is that he is offering us a way of freedom to let go, to know we can't control tomorrow. We don't even know yet what we're going to face tomorrow. All we have is today. Today's troubles are enough for today. That's what we have this day. And as we walk through this time as a church family, as a community even, I'm mindful that we have to face the reality of today but not let go of the future that it's not going to be forever. Jesus says, today's troubles are enough for today. And can any of you... By worrying, add a single hour to your life. We can't. Worry steals today. It's always looking down the road at all the things we can't control and we can't fix, all the what-ifs and unknowns, and it's easy to lose sight when we do that of how God is providing for us right now in our life this day. 
You know, the story of the Israelites who fled slavery in Egypt for 40 years. They wandered in in the wilderness, and Moses led them during that time. And the thing I love about that story is in the very beginning, some of them actually thought maybe they should go back. That at least the known of slavery where you had a few meals was easier and safer than this unknown in the wilderness. And yet, what did God do? God provided. God gave them manna. Except as soon as they had that manna, as soon as everybody had that manna to eat, some started to squirrel it away to keep it for tomorrow. Just hide it away and hold on to it, little money under the mattress, so just in case God doesn't come through the next day. And you know what happened? It all went bad. It all went bad, every bit of it. They had to learn a 40-year exercise in how to trust, to trust that God would provide. And so I guess I speak to that part of all of us today, whether it is big or small right now, that might feel a little like you're in the wilderness. And I hope that you do not lose sight of the manna that God is providing for you today. All the unknowns of tomorrow that you can't fix or control, but don't lose sight of the manna God is giving you right now to provide for you and to carry you through. The Christian writer Max Lucado, he has this beautiful way of putting it, and he said, the presence of fear does not mean you have no faith. Fear visits everyone, but make your fear a visitor and not a resident. So, maybe you aren't quite as carefree of the lilies of the field yet. Maybe you can't say you're living worry-free, but let's start taking Jesus' advice today. Let's start today with all the worries we're carrying, all the unknowns and the anxieties. Let's start with one, just one, one worry that you can decide today to give to God, to say, this day, right now, I will entrust into your hands to know that even if I don't yet know what tomorrow will bring, that you will provide. And some nights when the worry seems too great, if you wake up or can't go to sleep for the list of worrying on in your mind, I invite you to just try to do something else. Instead of trying to fix it, instead of trying to think of all the possibilities and the what-ifs, what if you just decided right then to make a list of all the ways that God has provided for you that day, whatever they are, be it family, be it home, be it a job, be it health, whatever ways that God is providing for you, where is the manna of God in your life? And who knows, if you do that today, And tomorrow and the day after and the day after, you might just look back one day and realize in that long exercise of trust, you needn't worry at all. Amen.